0: You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day, your team every day. It is welcome to the locked on Texans podcast a part of the locked on podcast network. Thank you guys for making the Locked On Texans your team, your first listen every day. We are free and available on all major platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment over there, Locked On Texans. I'm Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. Welcome to today's show. To the left of me, I got my boy Cody Davis. Let's get started. Let's talk Texans. What do we have on the rundown for today's show?
1: Yes, sir. And on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to look at some quarterback prospects who are currently playing in college right now and just to see whether or not there are anybody right now in college that the houston texans should keep their eye on considering what is going on with their quarterback situation as of right now then we're going to close out this latest installment of locked on texans look we know everything that's going on down in jacksonville right now so me and john we're going to play with that first and foremost just have a quick conversation to talk about whether or not it's still fair to consider the Houston Texans, the quote-unquote laughing stock of the NFL. And then we're going to translate that into just talking real quick about ownership. But to get this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, yesterday me and John had a very interesting, a very passionate discussion about Davis Mills and the Houston Texans' decision to not bring in a quarterback. And John, you made a very interesting remark about Deshaun Watson that I kind of want to revisit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, plain and simple, Deshaun Watson quit on his team. Mm. Um, and I made that comment simply based off strolling through those texts Twitter streets. You in them see, Twitter streets, man. <laughs> I, you know, I'm in them Twitter streets. So I, I see what's going on and shout out to everybody that's been commenting on the YouTube page uh, and, and tweeting us back on Twitter. Hitting us up on Facebook, we really appreciate it. But I, I'm in those streets, man, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing the trajectory of fans that were, you know, at one point holding out, waiting and hoping that man Deshaun's gonna come back. That has dwindled down to basically dust, right? And now what I'm seeing, and I'm more so sorry a lot more after Sunday's loss against the Buffalo Bills. Sean's a quitter. Sean quit. How could you say one thing a year ago when the going got rough? You got going. You know what I mean? And I wanted to look at that just really quick. Not not necessarily talk about it too much, because I think a lot of this, whether or not he plays or doesn't play still is in the hands of his legal situation. I really do. I think that legal situation is what a lot of people may be over, overlooking simply because the fandom is speaking more, uh, speaking over the reality of his situation. But I'm okay with saying that he quit on his team because he did that before the scandal came out. Before we got to 22 people, before we got to one, he wanted out. He wanted gone for whatever reason. Then he wasn't included in the hiring process or. What. They didn't take his, his 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 wants or needs into consideration when they made the hire of David Culley. And Nick it really started with Nick Acirio back way up early in the year. And the son said, "You know, I want to be out of here for whatever reason, and and we can all speculate on on why." But to answer yes and no, he definitely quit on this team. And we talked about whether or not Sunday's loss was the worst loss. In franchise history. I think we need to more so look at, at what he's did in the last what are we now, 10 months. What he's done in the last 10 months, whether or not is that going to be one of the biggest stains or or dark marks in this team on this team history. Right? And he, Houston has a lot. You can you can go back to Cal McNair's comments, you can go back to why they didn't draft a Vince Young and they drafted Mario Williams over Vince Young and Reggie Bush at the time when the office needed help and David Carr was no longer the answer quarterback Uh, you can look at and this is a young team They, they, they started football now 20 years ago you can look at whatever you want to look at but the last 10 months of the Texans time period okay you can go. You can even compare the Jack East to be that took place a little bit before, but in the last ten months, you got to include East, you got to include Kaseerio High, you got to include David Cully coming out of nowhere. You got to include Deshaun Watson. But on the field, I, I think you can make a case that Deshaun Watson's willingness to walk away from this team, I think that's a dark mark as of right now. Maybe three to four years, five years from now, we learn way more about the situation. You guys may learn way more about the situation, uh, about why. But as of right now, I can put an on saying, oh, this is totally a part of the worst part of this entire team history. NFL teams go through it. It's not uncommon. One of the greatest organizations of all time. Look at the scandals in Dallas. Look at the scandals in New England. I think those are the two greatest organizations of all time in the NFL. You can throw in uh, a Pittsburgh as well. But they've all had their scandals. Houston is just a young team, franchise, rather, and they're just getting around to it. But, man, him, him just doing what he's done, and I'm seeing the people reaction, man. Like, people are people are like, I don't even want my season tickets anymore. And the fans are in the stadium. Like, they're going to the game. One game had 68,000. So, I, I think maybe the stadium was off five to 6,000. I mean, they can fit around 70-some-odd people. So, they had like almost 69,000 people. That's close to it. It's not like there's not anybody going to the game. It's not like the stadium can fit 70, and only 30,000 is going. They're getting close to those numbers. But people said the atmosphere is different. The energy has been sucked out of the NRG. And, and I look at, at sun being a part of that. Also, I want to look at, we're going to talk about the college quarterbacks. And we talked about yesterday on the show why Houston have one out for a quarterback It's simply maybe because the market is so bad. Sometimes you got to ride it out and I, and I hate that. That's why I went off yesterday. I'm like, you knew the market was going to be bad. You scouted the market. And you, and you decided to bring in Jim Driscoll, but man, I just, I, I do. Have, I, this was a moment dedicated to the fans. Cause I hate this for the fans. Some of the season ticket holders that whether we want to look at it, however you want to look at it in life, Football means a lot to people because it's an escape sometimes. It's a way for you to bond with your family and friends. So those season ticket holders that no longer want to go and support the, the, uh, the team, uh, the, the fans, the, the kids that looked at Deshaun Watson like a hero, or whatever the case, like all of that plays a fact coding and listening to viewers on YouTube. I do give him an asterisk credit. And that asterisk really couldn't have because we don't really know We don't know much about his situation, but 22 women quit on the team for whatever reason, and now this team is looking at one and four with a 40-0 point to loss after playing Buffalo because of their terrible quarterback play. Yeah, I look at Deshaun.
1: I mean, you could look at Deshaun, but, John, you know, here we are, like you say, 10 months in. I'm still not going to say that he quit on the team because saying he quit on the team is basically – pointing the blame at all of these problems that the Houston Texans have as of right now. That's just basically placing it all on him. And let's sure. not forget, this is an organization. And, and by the way, going to your Jack Easterby point, remember, the, the relationship between him and Jack Easterby started to dwindle well before Nick Sirianni and David Cully got here. Remember, Absolutely. we we learned, you know, we started learning inside stuff about this organization. One of the things that I remember we found out was one of the final straws for Deshaun Watson is or, when this organization was when they find him mm-hmm. during the opening of his lefties. It was him and a couple of his teammates. And that was the final straw. We still don't know everything that took place behind mm-hmm. closed doors. But at the end of the day, you have to go back and take a look at the reality of the situation that everyone involved from Kyle McNair to um, Jack Easterby to Deshaun Watson. I'm going to leave it at those three because Nick Casario and David Cully just kind of inherited yeah. a big yeah, mess. And no, no, no. I do believe even
0: You're missing the fourth guy
1: oh bill o'brien no. <laughs> oh yeah the entity himself as you like to call him but you know i'm gonna leave it at those four guys i don't want to bring nick asiri on david in here because even as we see here with a one and four record i still do believe they has done as good of a job as possible to revamp this roster to revamp this this the, the team culture given all the mess that they have inherited but saying Deshaun sean watson quit on the team look it's, it's it's still hard for me to say because we are literally as we sit here on october 6 2021 Deshaun watson signed that contract extension 13 months ago Absolutely. and you 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 have to realize that at that time yes that move did come after the trade of deandre hopkins but looking at the pieces and especially taking into consideration that he and his team really didn't have an opportunity to get a truly good sense of how good they could be or how Mm -hmm. bad they could be because they didn't have the, the the normal training camp due to COVID. I think that four and 12 record, especially looking at the numbers that he was able to put up has something to do with it. And at the time we all looked at, the organization. Now, on the flip side of that, I would say his off-field actions is another big reason why the Houston Texans and himself are in this situation. Absolutely,
0: and I'm not putting all the blame on a young man. What mm-hmm. so wow, I'm older I mean, he is a young months. man. In fact like he what? just made I think 26 in September we're older than Deshaun Watson. You know, sometimes it, it dawns on me that the players that we cover now, we're older than sometimes because I'm so used to <laughs> the, <be> the, old <laughs> the Bradys, and Bradys are old. I'm so used to the, the Rodgers, to the McNavs, or the Flip Breeze shot, the, the Kobe's. I'm so used to the older players. So that's kind of funny now. But I would never put 100% of the blame on him. And I do think, in fairness, a lot of the fans need to not do that as well. Hmm. And a lot of them have it. Like, you got – you got some of them that still go to bat for Deshaun Watson for whatever reason. It's not not for me to judge. I'm just saying that if we look at everything, Deshaun does play a part in the last 10 months. One thing you can't say, like, you you may feel like if these allegations don't come up, then Houston is able to move on from it and they're able to get a player a package back to make this team a little bit better than what they are right now. I, I don't think you can really accredit that too much, but I overall, do. I mean, you can, but I, I don't. I don't know how much credit will that go into it. But overall, you know, Deshaun did say, "I'm not playing for y'all" after just signing his contract a few months before that statement. Um, And for for all of the reasons we we found out about the the Lefty Sandwich Spot incident, we found out that him and King, him and King Steelers boys. Kenny Steeles was getting followed. We found out that they're getting rid of his boys. I would feel betrayed by the organization too. It doesn't, take, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't have a hand in saying, I don't want to play for y'all no more. You, you said it. So yeah, you deserve some blame for what you said because you're standing by your action. This is for my Texan fans out there. I got an incredible app. All you guys need to know about, about gas. Get upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cent for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Touchdown for NFL, baseball for MLB, and hockey for NHA. Hockey just got started back, too, man. I think it's going to be a great season. And get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 25 Sorry, that's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the free app or use promo, and use promo code touchdown for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL.
1: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And John, the one thing I will put the blame on Deshaun Watson, <laughs> he is the reason why we are sitting here wondering what in the hell are the houston texans are going to do with their quarterback situation not just for the rest of the season but for years to come which means it is time for us to turn our attention over from the 2021 nfl draft and start looking at some early candidates that who are going to be a part of the upcoming nfl draft in 2022 and of course the biggest question is Should the Houston Texans go after a quarterback next season? And to be honest with you, John and listeners, (laughs) I might have to say no on that one because I don't, I don't think there is not one quarterback that has caught my attention so far this college season, especially, and I have been extremely disappointed by the play. of everybody's favorite quarterback. Oh, man, it's going to hurt my heart because I really thought that he was the future of this organization at one time, John. And Don't I know. Yes, exactly. I told you all. Exactly. I,
0: I should have I wore the jersey today. I got it upstairs. Let me go ahead and plug my boys. We finna play mm. the ball. We finna have that Red River Showdown, man. We are gonna take care of business. Man. And it's I business. and I really think I, I, I really think y'all.
1: you guys about to do some work too. I you t- we are okay. <laughs> we are. You know I,
0: I love the Texans, but I love Texas. But I told y'all, man. Mm. I'm not I'm not trying to crap on a, on a guy, the young man, the kid, man. Because I mean he, he does have talent. He made it to uh, Oklahoma, but mm. to your but point, Cody, I, I don't think I. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna let you say what you gotta say. Well, let me just go mm-hmm. ahead and say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, viewers. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston doesn't draft a quarterback until the third round again next year.
1: Mm. To be honest with you, I don't I don't think they should. Because with Deshaun Watson still out there, I think they would be better off whoever they trade him to. You just bring back their starting quarterback. And I think
0: Houston first pick is going to be a defensive lineman.
1: I think so as well.
0: I think worse out the last
1: time. The last two times, as a matter of fact. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I think
0: there's actually the last three times. you got to look at Mario.
1: The four last three, three out of the times. Four, because
0: out. <laughs> remember, Mokulakoye was thrown in there, too. But I think he mm-hmm. will go heavy on defense next year. And Happy with a prioritization of bringing in a wide receiver and running back.
1: Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but just to stick here with the quarterback situation, and we, and, and later on in the week, and by the way, this is actually a new segment we're going to start introducing the locked on podcast network we're going to just start every two to three weeks moving forward we're going to just pick a position and look at some of the top prospects that the texans could target of course we're going to start with the quarterback situation and john the one guy that i'm looking at if there was a chance that the texans could draft him is malik willis from liberty um he has been by far in my opinion arguably the the best quarterback in college. And that's kind of sad to say because this is a quarterback who isn't a part of the power five conference. And I get it. A lot of people might be a little hesitant to draft a guy, especially that high who didn't come out of a power five conference. But you take a look at Trey Lance. Trey Lance seems like he could be one of the few guys that actually made, that actually is going to make a really good career by not being a part of the power five conference just real quick what I like about Willis just just some quick stats five games into the college season he has Liberty with a four and one record he is currently sitting at 1,105 total yards in passing 11 touchdowns with zero interceptions and what I like about Willis is that the fact it seems like he already has a total package from what you want to see in your quarterback in 2021. He has the arm strength and not only does he have the arm strength, he also has the IQ. He's able to read his targets and he makes good decisions. By the way, he is a very athletic quarterback, which means he's your dual threat quarterback. And this is the reason why I am high on Malik. I I just mentioned that he is a guy that has the total package. When you look at quarterbacks around the league, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I'm going to still throw Aaron Rodgers in there as well, and (laughs) even Deshaun Watson. It seems like when you have a starting quarterback in 2021, if it's not one of those four, it seems like they might be missing one of the top two qualities that you want to see in your quarterbacks, i.e. you take a look at Matt Jones, the young young guy that we're going to watch possibly go to work on the Houston Texans inside NRG this weekend. He is a guy that it seems like he's going to be a really good quarterback who's able to read his targets, make great decisions, and has a very good arm, but he's not athletic. On the flip side of that, you look at Lamar Jackson. This is a guy who won league MVP honors. We all know he is very athletic. had not one, but two seasons where he rushed for over a 1,000, but yet there are some times where his decision-making and his arm strength is not quite there, and that's part of the reason why a lot of people still might – still feel they should leave him out of the top five i think Malik which is willis, crazy by the yeah way. which is crazy but i think malik willis has the total package and if the texans were to bring him to houston you pair him alongside pip hamilton my guy i think he has an opportunity to turn into something special here in the nfl uh i'm
0: looking at the 2023 draft
1: wow so you just you just skipped
0: 2022 no but you know i will say this i mean i i i would not be shocked if houston goes and get malik willis because if he's available if he's available and i think houston will i miss i think they will be a top five picking in the top five i think so um I think the reason why I, I'm okay with Malik Willis, and I think everybody, if they if there was a quarterback, it should be Malik Willis. Because you know who Malik Willis reminds me of? Deshaun Watson.
1: And what I just now, said, he is one of the few quarterbacks who has the total package that you want to college. see in 2021. Yeah, exactly. at least in college. At least, at least in, college. in
0: college. He doesn't have, because he plays for Liberty, and he may not have a lot of those wild games because those wild games are games that you actually view. He does, he does, he's not getting those Saturday prom games. He's not getting those, you know what I mean? He's not getting those games, but when you look at the film, you look at tape on him, Cody, you're absolutely right, but I'm also looking at the 2023 draft for quarterbacks and like I mentioned, I, I, don't, I don't think a quarterback for Houston, I don't think there's a franchise changing quarterback coming out next year. The best quarterback that I'm seeing right now your point is malik willis everybody else i'm not impressed i haven't been impressed with uh spencer rattler i have definitely not been impressed with sam Howell. hell yeah and those were the two quarterbacks coming out i said okay I, i see what's going on right now i looked at the landscape of college football and they were the biggest names left everybody else is gone trevor gone fields is gone Wilson is gone. Lance is gone. Everybody else is gone. and they Don't forget no Mills. Way. Mills is gone. Kyle Trask is gone. <laughs> well, who else? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going with him. But you know, to be fair, everybody else is gone. And so those front runners, for Heisman, I was going to go with quarterbacks and things like that. That's the nature of the college football uh, culture. But they haven't been playing good whatsoever. Spencer Rattler had a game where I said, "You know what? Let me go. Let me go tell you guys the exact game because I have I read it. I wrote it down." But Spencer Rattler had a game, and I was I watched it. I said, "Oh yeah, this
1: this young man ain't got it, man." It might have been that game against Tulane.
0: No, this was the game against West Virginia.
1: Mm. Spencer
0: Rattler had a terrible day. A terrible day. And, and, and that's one of those moments where you're playing against West Virginia, you should get a win. They also struggled last week against Kansas State. Spencer Rattler, I don't think he had another – he didn't have a good game. So they big up these college quarterbacks. and During the season, we get an opportunity to see whether or not they're good or not. And Houston is in a – they're in a position where my boy Wig from Locked On Jaguars, he said Houston has not paid for their sins. And I think Houston scenes that they have to pay for it, is surrounded by their quarterback. They got a couple of years that they may go without a franchise quarterback. Okay. In that time frame, do what the Washington football team did. Do what some of these other teams did. They drafted stoutly on defense. Enough about those quarterbacks. Let's talk about something that can keep you healthy and fueled throughout your day, Bill Barr. By the way, this week, I don't know for how long, but Bill Barr is bringing back the limited time flavor of their cookie dough chunk. And I do know that churros is coming back soon. The best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors. When you talk to a Bill Barr fan, we are all passionate about our phase. Favorites like peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, raspberry, coconut. Okay, there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, try the mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are bill bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs, okay? Go to billbar.com and use promo code LOCK15. That's L O C K E D 1 5. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billbar.com. Also want to transition over to a way where you can make some extra money. Some of that money you're going to save with them promo codes. Take that money and bet on your favorite teams or some of your favorite parlays or your favorite props and contests with Bet Online, who continues to be the number one source for everything football. That's college and pro-, pro football. They are the number one spot for college and pro football action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Cannot wait to dive in into the New England Patriots as we get ready for the NFL weekly crossover that we do. We're going to do that with Mike DiBiase at Locked On Patriots. Now make your second listen, the NFL. Show with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. Brian Peacock and former NFL Scott Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Before we got out of here for today's show, I've had a blast talking about a lot of the hypotheticals with the college draft, the QB's in the draft, Deshaun Watson. You know, Cody, I, I had a moment to just sit down, not move, and think a little bit. And I thought to myself, We haven't talked about Cal McNair. We haven't talked about Janice McNair. We haven't talked about ownership in a while. We have not.
1: Which is good, by the way.
0: Which is good, but it it, it started to worry me simply based off of this franchise is still heading in an unknown direction. And nobody thought that this would be a one-year fix. Nobody. When you don't pick in the first – goodness gracious – the Texans had the one of the worst seasons ever. Highlighted by one, the best quarterback season ever. Fired Bill O'Brien, fired all them folks, and still couldn't pick in the first round because of the, the moves. that were made. I'm going to get back to the ownership. Do you realize Bill <laughs> O'Brien drafted several players who never played a down for Houston? Yeah. John Reed, Isaiah Kotlin. Did Isaiah play in the
1: preseason? No. Um, Isaiah was – no, he didn't. He didn't. Oh my God. He didn't. So he was only on the team for that one game, the preseason opener, against the Packers, and then like that Monday or that Tuesday he was gone. He drafted Reed, Coulter. Um... Helly Wearing. No, 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 that was Gane. That was that was Brian Gane.
0: That was, that was Bill O'Brien. But, uh, yeah, I think he only played like two games uh, in his three-year stint. He, he drafted so many players that didn't make sense. And Amik Robertson and Julian Love should be Texans to this day, but that's a whole mm, other uh, discussion. But for Cal McNair, Janice McNair, the McNair family, they are heading in a direction as franchise owners where you're still in the unknown. What sells tickets is what keeps you going as a franchise. And right now, I look at ticket prices, like the cheapest Patriot ticket this year, it's like 50 bucks. You're able to get great seats for hundred under $100 right now. At least you were uh, about a week and a half ago. The culture around this franchise isn't good. Uh, teams are, I mean, not teams, fans are still displeased with you. And outside of the last statement we heard from Cal McNair, how they're going to dedicate and, and redo everything and make sure we get the fan trust back. What have you actually done? And what cures everything is winning. But we ain't winning. And so there's no cure, right? It ain't even no vaccination right now for this, for, <laughs> this, for this abysmal performance Houston has been putting out on the field, on and off the field. And I just wanted to look at that and, and wonder at what point do we get a change in franchise ownership? Uh, are they going to be able to rectify, really rectify the differences? With this fan base by actually making smart decisions. The smartest decision Cal McNair has made has been quiet, has has been being quiet. Uh, I look more so at Janice and, and wondering who's still technically the owner Cal is a you know the CEO of business operations or something like that. But I'm looking at Janice more so and wondering, did you did you just force Cal in this position? Because he's a son because we there's another child we don't hear about. and was he ever was he ever like really prepared for this? That's the question to me like, was he ever prepared? Was anybody outside of Bob McNair and Janice McNair who both played their roles perfectly? Whether they were going two and fourteen, whether they were going nine and seven, whether they were going twelve and four, back when they had Matt Schaub and them boys or whether during the David Carr days, that always played their position perfectly. Now, when we look at it since the death of the late Bob McNair, uh, I think Hannah McNair has done a very good job of what she in in her role, but Cal, I look at it like, has he ever been ready and prepared for this position?
1: We don't know. I'm gonna leave that to you
0: viewers. You you come (laughs) in, y'all watch the show, Y'all tell me how y'all feel about Cameron and the job that he's done in the last six months. I don't really want to go back too far, but in the last six months, when he started to kind of work towards getting this together, it all fell apart. How do y'all feel about Cam McNair's job?
1: It's hard to say, you know, um, and now the next question comes, you know, When will be the appropriate amount of time to, you know, quote unquote, sell the team? And I think that's not going to happen for an extremely long time. I think unless this organization continue to derail and they get worse from where they are now, because the one thing I will say, we do hear this a lot. Fan bases say they're not going to support the team anymore. Fan bases say they are not you know, going to show the same love and support support that they once did for an organization. The Houston Texans fan base in twenty twenty one majority of them stuck by that decision. There are a lot of diehard Houston Texans fans that I know personally that I thought would never turn their back on the organization just got so fed up fed up with everything that had went on with this team to the point they don't even want to be associated with them right now. Um, mm-hmm. But th- but this is only one season, and like you mentioned, John, winning cures everything. I'm more interested to see what the next three to five years are going to be because when you go back and take a look at nearly every time the Houston Texans had a terrible season in the draft, they basically hit a home runner, you know, whether that be drafting J.J. Watt, whether that be, you know, getting Jadavion Clowney, you know, whether that's lucky enough getting, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, I hate to bring his name up again, Deshaun Watson. It always seems like the Houston Texans, even before them, it always seems like the Texans always put themselves in a situation where they always had players to bring promise to this organization. And for the first time in a long time. It doesn't look good. Uh, it, it doesn't look good. I mean, even, even, what was that? The When, when did J.J. Watt get here? 2011? Uh, yeah. What was that record in 2010? Let me check that out. And while you checking that out, i don't think they were good that might have been the time 10. They, they, yeah they, they picked did. them 10 so i want to say that might have been the nine and eight years or the eight and eight years or somewhere along those lines because they did six have a 10. year that they were six and ten even then when you take a look at the draft class coming out of 2011 that was the cam newton class <laughs> And even then you like, well, if the Texans tank and they be, end up with the worst record in the league, you can get Cam Newton, who was, a, of course, the best quarterback coming out of that, that class. And I wanted to bring it up because here, you and I sit here on October 6 2021. This team is 1-4, most likely about to be 1-5 follow, following the results against the New England Patriots on Sunday. You and I literally just talked about the most important position <laughs> in football and looking at the draft class, and you and I only had an opportunity to talk about one prospect because there's nobody promising coming out of this year's draft. So well, you know, Only for the quarterback. Position. Only for the quarterback, yeah, I must say. Only for the quarterback's quarterback position. But I, I say all that just to say, you know, it, to me personally, I still think it's kind of too early to start, you know, talking about whether or not they should still sell a team or whatnot because it, it, it's still just too early, man. Like you mentioned, winning cures everything. But I do want to say this. I do believe it's, it's 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 a little bit unfair to consider the Houston Texans the laughing stock of the NFL now, given everything that's going on down in Jacksonville right now, man. They are literally on like an 18-19 game losing streak. The quote unquote savior, he, he's like a demon now. Like the Texans, yes, We're their okay. quarterback situation is is better. But we are okay. We are better than what Jacksonville got going on. We know, you know what? We are
0: not okay, but we're better than what Jacksonville got going on. And that says a lot and I and, and I can't wait. I think if if by the time Cody and listeners viewers by the time we play Jacksonville again, I think that if the Jacksonville Jaguars are not able to beat Houston, that go round that'll be weak. 15, 14. They don't beat us by then. That man is gone. And that's being generous. That's being very generous. But I'm Johnson Sports Guy You and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, like, comment to the YouTube page. We are sitting at, I want to say 174 subscribers. Let's get that to 200 by the end of next week. Also, follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy as well.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
0: You are locked on Texans.